Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Seducing Aliveness with Jen Halterman, myself, and Tamara Yonker, my co-host, and we are so excited to have you here if you happen to be listening live. We invite you to join us at Blog Talk Radio website where you will find the show page under our Seducing Aliveness complete page. And if you go to the show page and scroll down, you'll see a chat window there. And if you are logged in to a Blog Talk Radio account, which is free to do, You can engage with us in the chat room, or you can just observe and be a stalker. (laughs) But you know there's going to be conversations going on there, and we are super excited about the topic. We kind of rattled the cage and opened the can of worms, and now the slime is all over, and we are just excited. So without any further anything, I want to get into this topic, because there's so much to talk about, about being an accidental narcissist. Don't you think, Tamara? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And I thought I would start off the uh, the show with a confession. I have a confession. <laughs> I am a recovering narcissist. <laughs> I love that. And I really appreciate your disclaimer in the chat room. Listen at your own risk. Yeah. So, yeah. Yesterday, a, I think we... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yesterday, it seems we offended some people, so perhaps we'll just say, you know, your ca- like you said, your cage might be rattled if you tune in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we may have offended people by not recognizing the level and intensity of the seriousness of narcissism. And mm, of being a right. victim of narcissism. And right. that was... That was expressed in a way that was very strong with a lot of educational mumbo jumbo to make sure that there, that we, I don't know if we bought into the depth of severity that this topic has and well, I don't buy it. (laughs) Um, I, I will say that I personally have, my wife has, um, I have seen it. I've been firsthand, first-line target of narcissistic behavior. I have witnessed it. I do recognize the narcissistic behavior when it comes up in me. And I understand there are personality, you know, labels and definitions that come with definitive proof that somebody stays in the narcissistic mindset. And I understand all that. And... I don't believe we all have to be the victim of it, and I think that it can actually be a really great messenger for us so that we can take, take charge and, and be the creator, creator, creators of our life instead of the victim of somebody else's choices. That's what I have to say about that. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> and, you know, I mean, I I grew up with a narcissistic father. So, hello. <laughs> Not unfamiliar. And the thing is, guess what I did? Oh, yeah, mimicked him because he was the powerful one in my family. My mother lived entirely at the effect of him. And then, unless I was going to be a victim like her, I was like, oh, yeah, no, she's a doormat. She just serves him, and she has, you know, she has no spine whatsoever. So I was like, well, I guess by process of elimination, that means I'll be like my dad. And it's not like I sat down and had a little chat with myself and made this decision. It's just, you know, you you want to find some way to protect yourself, and so you think if you be like the powerful parent, you'll be protected. Yeah, not really, but... um. That's so 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 that was the interesting thing going through, you know, much of my life uh functioning very much like uh a narcissist, expecting every the whole world to, you know, conform to my expectations and points of view and and making and being in, in entirely self consumed. Um and and then realizing so how's that really working for me? <laughs> and recognizing that maybe Maybe, just maybe, there was an alternative. <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, and maybe not. <laughs> what I'm, yeah, right. Yeah. I could be totally wrong about this. And um, <laughs> what if, what if we stop, um, God, giving so much power to the label and yeah. instead really looked at it? And let's, you know, take our focus off that personality disorder label and and let's just really zoom out a bit and watch the behaviors that they express. Because if you see the behaviors that somebody who you would say, you know, like you said, your dad, he lived it, okay? I have people in my world, they live it. Everything is about them. And anybody that does not agree or adhere to their point of view is an idiot or less than or wrong. That's all it is. And then I look at, but wait a second, I do that sometimes. I've lived that at times in my life. I, I fall into that behavior or that point of view. So instead of being attached to the label and trying to make this really significant so that the people who have had those behaviors, you know, change their life and really impact them, what if we consider what is going on and when do we ourselves let's turn it inward the way we've been doing this whole time we've been talking about intimacy when do we fall into that self-obsessed focus and commitment to being right that is cutting off our intimacy and killing our aliveness because i'm telling you what when a narcissist is coming at you to tell you how wrong you are and how right they are there are walls that are made of steel being erected between you. There is no intimacy. There is no connection. And if we don't acknowledge our tendency within ourselves, then we can't change it. If we're trying to deny that we have that within ourselves, we can't change a damn thing. Yeah. And, this, and we want to be empowered. That's aliveness, is to, to take action in our life. So that's the invitation. <laughs> Yeah, and what I what I realized was <clears throat> the the thing that I wanted most in the world that I wasn't even aware that I wanted most in the world because I grew up in an environment with that was very isolated, um, a lot of neglect, 
um, and and so I felt very alone and very separate and you know like all of that. So so here I had this desire unacknowledged, unacknowledged, and I really wasn't even aware of it, the desire for connection that really was one of sort of the driving forces in my life. And yet, the way I was behaving, the way I was functioning in the world was creating nothing but further separation. So there was this sort of conflictual energy going on, you know, this desire for connection, and yet the way I was functioning was constantly, you know, pushing people away, creating separation, pushing people away, creating separation. So I was, I was operating at cross, what did they call that, cross purposes or whatever. The, the way that I was functioning was never, like you can't get there from here, was never going to create what I desired. But I didn't realize that, and I kept functioning in the same way and functioning in the same way and wondering why it was creating all this separation and wondering why people were leaving me and wondering why people, you know, like, and, and just completely beside myself in uh, amusement because I was like, what the hell? And as we've talked about before in the beginning of this intimacy series, um, until you really are willing to, to slow down, get present with yourself, see how you're functioning and see how what the see the what you're how you're functioning and what that is creating and that's really what started to shift for me because i was like oh my god you know like if i if i keep functioning this way creating the separation that is um a, a total obstruction to the connection that i desire then it's it's never like it's never going to i'm never going to have what i truly want and and that was what my biggest fear I remember somebody asked me, um, oh gosh, this was 18 years ago. I was, I was doing a, a, an astrology reading. I, I had, uh, went to an astrologer, and I'd never done that before, and I was curious. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this astrology reading. And one of the first questions he asked me, and I'll never forget this, is what's your greatest fear? And I said that I'll never have what I really want. It was, it was like right on the surface. It was so obvious. And... <laughs> And um, when you're functioning in a way that's actually obstructing the very thing you desire, this all comes back to you, right? And, and this, is, this is sort of the invitation, as we said. This is not a scary thing. This is not meant to be a pejorative label. We're not meant to be here and like, narcissists are wrong and bad. And we're not, this is not a <laughs> narcissistic bashing session. Like I said, no. I started off with the show saying, hello, recovering narcissist here. You know, this is not a this is not about making it bad or wrong. This is about inviting you to see where perhaps you might be functioning in a way that is obstructing you from being able to create what you desire in your life. And for me, that was intimacy. You can't these two things are um, mutually exclusive. You can't be a narcissist and have intimacy at the same time. Sorry, doesn't work. <laughs> so so this Bingo. is what, you know, we, we, we love, you know, exposing the secrets. So we're, yeah. we really just want to talk about today, what are some of the ways that you might be functioning like a narcissist and you don't even know it? You have no idea. It's killing your aliveness. It's creating separation. It's not allowing you to have and create what you desire in your life. And so this is, you know, we've been talking about intimacy. We've been talking about uh, cultivating intimacy with yourself. So this is a speed bump for those of you who are really like, you know what? I, I love what you guys have been saying. It makes sense to me. I think, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, uh, something I want to experiment, which is creating greater intimacy with myself, yourself. Well, we kind of can't talk about intimacy in a full spectrum way until we include this piece. 
because it really is a major obstruction to your intimacy with yourself, with others, with life. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things that came out yesterday at the end of the show, um, I, you know, I just want to say thank you so much to the people who take notes on the show. We have, I, this is just a personal plug in here. We have people that listen to the show and are note takers and then they share notes. And as I have said to Tamara and, you know, others, I don't know what's going to fall out of my mouth while I'm talking because I don't have a script. I'm just opening up and saying what's coming through. And I appreciate the notes when they come back and I'm able to revisit them because one of the things I really noticed yesterday at the end of the show, what it felt like to me was that we had, we were scratching at the surface and it erupted. It erupted at the end of the show yesterday. It was like, Mm -hmm. boom, there it is. There's the release of what we had yet to acknowledge. And that is, you know, there's this moment that I said, let's go to the cage of the narcissist and rattle the shit out of it until we can all see, whether you're in the cage or out of the cage, that it is not a cage. It's a choice. Mm. And and the, the point, the, the potency of that statement sets everybody free. Every single person is free because whether you are inside of that label or that behavior or outside of it, until you realize you have choice, you are living at the effect of it and you don't have to. That is a choice also. And so I do want to really shine the light on all of it because there are areas. I know people who are nice and kind and professional in their world, and they are absolute superior spiritual assholes because that's where their narcissism sneaks in. I know people who are kind and generous and very professional and educated and really brilliant, but they can be the religious bitch of the century because that's where the behavior slips in. And if we don't know that, we might be that asshole and bitch and not have a clue and therefore not be able to make a different choice and take action on it. So like that, that is what I feel like was set free in diving into this show and saying, yes, this gets to be talked about more not from a place of shame, not from a place of you're wrong, not from the place of victim, but instead, wake the fuck up. All you have to do is make a choice. You could choose whether to engage with it. You can choose whether to change your behavior, any of it. Literally, the choice is what will completely set you free from it and then also bring intimacy and your aliveness will be stoked. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Stoke it, baby. I just had to climb up there. I got, I got, you know, jump, get on that soapbox. Yeah, do it, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a narcissist if. <laughs> yeah, I got Jeff Foxworthy in my head this morning. And I don't for those of you who don't know he is a comedian back in the 90s, I think. And he would say he was he was all about you might be a redneck if and then he'd describe some, you know, rednecky thing and I just thought he was hilarious, my boyfriend at the time and I. So I just wrote in the chat room. I'm like, 
if you if you expect the world around you to conform to your points of view, you might be a narcissist. He of course had his real southern accent and it was it was hilarious. So I mean, to me, it just just using this uh loosely, right? Like I like mm-hmm. what you said in the beginning, Jen, about like we get that there's um you know, there's a, this is, I have a psychology degree. I, I, back then it was the DSM-3, you know, and, and, and personality disorders and all that kind of fun stuff. I get that. Um, this mm-hmm. is really more your regular everyday narcissism, you know? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> everyday narcissism. Everyday narcissism. <laughs> and, oh, God, I love it. really... Like that—that's the thing. I mean, my my father literally—I I, shit you not—he literally cannot comprehend. Th- this is something that is inconceivable in his world. He cannot comprehend that someone might have a different point of view about something than him. It's like he can't—he mm-hmm. can't do it. And I have found that to be just insatiably fascinating. I'm like, how how does your brain work? That you cannot imagine that there's a different point of view than yours, you know. Well, some top. So basically, you can't discuss anything with him. <laughs> and I'm sure all of you know somebody like that, where you literally cannot have just an open an open discussion about a topic because it, it's it's within you know three minutes that he's telling you you don't know anything because he's right and and your your whatever you say is just horseshit, you know. And you're like, wow. You really can't see that somebody else might have a different point of view about this. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. Nope. And, and one of the characteristics, sorry, one of the characteristics is that lack of willingness. Lack of mm. willingness to see a different point of view is a very big characteristic. So if you notice that you are unwilling to have a different point of view about any topic that comes your way, you might be a narcissist. at least in that moment (laughs) yeah hey and that's the thing right this is this is the thing i don't i'm not a big fan of this the pejorative label thing because it's like once you're the label then that's it for life right like you you Mm -hmm. are it 100 percent of the time for life and i don't see that like you know people are again multifaceted beings they can be very kind and caring in one moment and they can be, you know, narcissistic in another moment and it's just all over the place. Um I this whole thing about about adhering to a rigid point of view. I I, I feel like I want to explore that more deeply because I see a lot of people um did we talk we talked about the gift of allowance. Yes, we did. Okay, good. Um <laughs> I see a lot of people making themselves really miserable because they project who they are, how they function, what they believe, what they think is right onto the world around them. And then, I mean, my, my dad, he, he we, we, I went car shopping one time, and the mistake, I think, was taking him. And <laughs> oh, my. I pretty much, pretty much knew what I wanted before I started. It was kind of like, you know, the final, like, oh, yeah, I've, I've went and, you know, test drove some cars, and I'm pretty sure I know what I want and whatever. And so... You know, ended up at the dealership with him and my mom. I don't know. I guess they offered to come along like a little family adventure or something. I should have known better. So here we are at the dealership, and I'm like, yep, I want that car and that color. And he, he there was some, and it was a it was a newer model on the lot than like the 
the model, you know, like a 2017 versus a 2016 kind of thing. And I was going to take right. the, the newer one. And he, mm-hmm. so they have all these older models, uh, you know, just a year, not that much difference on the lot. And there was, uh, you know, a handful of them and they were different colors and whatever. And they were a little bit less expensive. So his point of view was, well, you know, why would you pay more when you can pay less? Just get the last year's model and, and pay less. And I was like, but I don't want that one. I want this one in this color, you know, and, and being uh, in, in his point of view, being a girl, right? Like color matters to oh. me because I'm a girl. Um, because as a, as a man, it's all about, you know, the safety of the car and, you know, the engine and the blah, 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 and who gives a fuck about the color, although he does have his own points of view about color as well. And, and mm-hmm. so he, he proceeded to attempt to convince me for, I don't know, hours uh, that I should get the lesser expensive model in the different color. And I was like, no, I want the green one, you know, and I was pretty like, I I want the green one. And and he's like, well, you know, maybe we should go to lunch and think about it. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I got nothing to think about. Like I already know what I'm doing here, you know? And it's like, okay. So we go to lunch and we're sitting there and he couldn't let it go. He just went on and on and on. And I'm not getting upset. I'm not, you know, he's, he's starting to raise his voice and, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I see your point of view. Yeah, I get that. Uh huh. You're right. It is less expensive. Yeah. Uh huh. La 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 la. Right. Like, I, I was sitting there and I'm like, every point you're making is valid. Like, I'm, there's nothing to argue with you about. And I'm taking the green one. You know, like it was sort of like that. Right. And I swear to God, you've seen those those shows, the cartoons where like uh, people turn purple and steam comes out their ears. <laughs> I thought that was going to happen yep. right there in the restaurant. And he he got so angry he got so angry he literally had to get up he was about to explode and he knew this he was on the edge on the verge of explosion and he literally had to get up out of the restaurant and leave because <laughs> he couldn't wow. he couldn't contain himself for another second and like i said i didn't argue with him i didn't i didn't you know tell him he was wrong and all his points of view because i was like sure yep they all make sense they're valid i get it and i'm taking the green one and and that's the kind of thing <laughs> that he, I have watched him. He's 85 years old. I love him. This is not about, you know, I'm not bashing my dad right now. I can, I'm actually in total allowance now of who he is and what he's choosing. Um, the, thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I've watched him be that way his whole life. And the separation that it creates is, um, I feel it. I cannot help but feel how isolated alone he feels. He is. Because when you function that way, there's no intimacy. He doesn't know. He wouldn't know intimacy if it came and smacked him in the face with a with a two by four. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know. I mean, he doesn't know. And 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 I get it. He grew up in a different time. You know, like he had an abusive mother and yada 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 blah blah blah. Whatever. It's it's not. The thing is, he's not. That is not his fate. He is not fated to live that life. Now. He's not looking. I mean, I remember one day, uh, this was probably, again, close to 20 years ago when I was visiting and um, uh, got up got up one morning and just kind of meandered into his room and he was awake, sitting in bed reading or whatever. And I was like, hey, what's up? And we're chatting. And, and we, we, it was one of the more, if you can have a deep conversation, one of the deeper conversations, I don't know, I don't remember what the topic was, but I remember him saying word for word quote, even if I wanted to change, I don't think I could. Oh, wow. And I will never forget that because I was just like, wait, what? Wait, what? 
And and the reason that I'm saying that is because of what you mm-hmm. just said. Everything is a choice. And and mm-hmm. this this man and how many people like him believe he didn't have a choice. Even if I wanted to change, I don't think I could. And I was yeah. I was I was stunned in that moment. I was like, "What?" What? So even even yeah. the the person that I looked to as a child and thought, well, this is the powerful one in the family, and I got to emulate him. I got to be like him. What I realized was there is no power at all ever if you don't believe you have a choice. So all of his narcissism behavior, all of the way he was functioning, really wasn't from a place of power. It was a place of feeling completely disempowered. And and I think that was my moment when I was like, oh, this actually is never going to work for me, ever, ever. Yeah. If I don't start looking yeah. for a different way of functioning in the world, this is never going to work for me. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's big. That's a huge awareness to set yourself free, to go, mm. oh, this is not going to work. That mm-hmm. moment is just like the get, being given the keys to the cage so you can walk your ass out. Like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> you know? Like, I, don't, I don't want this. I'm going to choose different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a space of realizing that they are choosing that. He, he doesn't believe he can change, so he's not going to, period, end of subject. Like, move on. Yeah. Make the choice and make the change in you without making them the bad guy, without mm-hmm. making them the bad guy. That's the, that, to me, is the gift of this conversation is, you know, I've, I had conversations with my kids, and as I've said on other shows, I had a, a very different dynamic with them where I was very much in allowance, and I remember the conversation of, oh, hell no, I'm not talking. I don't need a conversation where I'm going to be wrong no matter what I say. Oh, I'm not talking to them. All they'll do is interrogate me. No, I don't care. Nope. And the and to see them as I'm sitting there in my discomfort of, well, I was programmed and I was trained that I'm supposed to talk to family on holidays and you should too, damn it. Why are you so strong? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I raised you to be this way. What do I need to do to choose that for myself? And to go through that with my children present, watching, openly discussing it, really taught me of their point of view, their strength in not being trained by the narcissist mindset that well they said so and they're always right and I would never argue with them so I'm just going to go along and be their puppet that's that's what they're choosing to stay at the effect of when we do that and my kids didn't so they were great teachers of me of yeah no why would we sell out to that you know like what no we don't care if they tell us we're wrong doesn't mean we're going to change our point of view where mine my upbringing and my childhood and all that I went through really was trained that way. So to give ourselves that permission to step out of the cage, step out of the label of victim, to get out of there and go, wait a minute, whoop, I'm actually here by choice. I don't have to be. Now shit gets mm-hmm. to change. That's, That's the thing empowering that, to me. Y- y- yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, recognizing that you have choice, I think, is one of the most empower th- empower- empowering 
enlivening, talking about aliveness, empowering, enlivening things we can ever discover. Because I think most people kind of buy into this, I don't have a choice, I don't have to choice, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, obligation, duty. And um, and that moment the light bulb goes on and they're like, oh my God. I mean, I, I, this is, okay, light bulb moment for me. I remember my, my biggest, um, the thing I was defending against the most, my whole life, the thing, because because my father was, you know, functioning in this way as a narcissist, and because he was um, all about dominating and uh, demonstrating his supremacy, uh, and not we weren't, none of us were allowed to have our own points of view, and I mean that. We weren't allowed to have our own points of view. It was, um, you will be a cl- clone of me, basically. And uh, uh-huh. so, so the thing that I defended against the most, the thing that made me most angry, was anyone who I felt was trying to control me. So, so because that's the environment, I, I felt like he was always, you know, dominating, controlling, telling me what to do, telling me what I couldn't do, telling me how I could, had, couldn't, telling me how to think, telling me I couldn't feel, telling me, 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 and I just wanted to say, "Fuck you." but I couldn't say yeah. that. <laughs> so all of this mm-hmm. seething energy built up and built up and built up and built up and built up. And I tell you, there there was a time um, I was at a, a function where, you know, people are all sitting in an audience listening to the speaker, whatever, and then we're going to take a break. Okay, fine. Everybody gets up, mills around, goes to the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to come back to, uh, okay, it's time for everyone to take their seats again and continue. Well, I was lingering over at the counter, having, having you know, over the snack bar and having little snacks or whatever, because I just didn't quite feel like sitting down yet. And, and pretty soon, you know, one of the people working the event, I could see him from across the room spotting me standing there lingering, and he starts coming in my direction probably to ask me politely to take my seat. <laughs> and, and this is how much of that seething, defending against you telling me what to do was present in my world. Like, I, I, out of the corner of my eye, right? I'm not even looking in his direction. Out of the corner of my eye, I'm spotting him, and I'm like, here he comes. He's going to try and tell me what to do. Uh-huh. I can feel it. And so he comes over and, you know, says, please take your seat or whatever. And I just turned and looked at him, and I didn't even say a word, but it's like one of those if looks could kill things, right? And I probably delivered at him, without saying a word, the biggest energy of fuck you that ever existed i mean i was just like oh no you don't you think you're going to tell me what to do who the fuck do you think you are blah you know like it was that energy that energy on steroids and i went over and took my seat and i was just like ah yeah no one's going to tell me what to do (laughs) like that's how i was functioning that's awesome not 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 awesome and um so, so this is me. This is how I'm functioning, and I mean, there is so much um, refusal of receiving, and that really kills your aliveness as well. As well. And I remember sometime after that, you know, just being being so acutely aware of how I was. I started to be. be I started to become aware of how I was functioning like that, and I was like, wow, this is really not working for me. Again, what else is possible here? So I asked one of my uh, coaching facilitation friends. I'm like, help. Help me get out of my blind spot here. There's a huge blind spot here. I've been functioning this way. I know it's not working for me. Help me get out of this blind spot. So, so we're going round and around. She's asking me questions. She's coaching me. Da 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 da. And all of a sudden, she says, "As if anyone could control you." And it went, "Ooh!" <laughs> Bing. And I was like, "Oh." 
myself in order to think that people could control me. I mean, she just said it so matter-of-factly, as if anyone could control you. And I was like, oh, right, exactly, mm-hmm. got it. But because I, I bought into that. I bought into the lie. We've talked about this. Part of cultivating intimacy with yourself is is breaking the spell of the lies you've bought. And in that moment, my whole universe rearranged itself, and I have never ever had that energy of fuck you you can't control me ever again it just evaporated in that moment because i was like oh you're right it's silly this is actually ridiculously silly i laugh about it now to think that anyone could control me of course they can't duh like i have to agree to that i have to go along with that i have to submit i have to put my i have to be in submission i have to choose that and the thing is, yep. in that moment, that was, the, that was the moment I empowered myself. I came alive with the awareness that I've always had a choice. I was lying to myself thinking that anyone could control me. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I love that so much. I'm just, I feel like it's just like washing over me, this conversation, and you're, you're sharing your experience of realizing how you were behaving as if everything in the world was all about me, um, what you were resisting. <laughs> and it is all about you. Yes. And so many people, this is why I think people are accidental narcissists is they think if they are behaving because boohoo, I'm the victim. I can't be narcissist because narcissists are, they take power over. They are mean. They're the villain. That's what narcissists are. I can't be a narcissist. I am always the victim. And so I think that's how that accidental narcissism gets overlooked. Because I was just thinking, as you were talking about this, there's this, just this example of being so stunned when repeatedly this dynamic with an individual kept being about them. Like I can remember I had, Sherry and I were engaged for quite a while before I found a sparkly ring I liked. So we have matching bands that we wear, but I, I am a sparker girl. So I have this sparkly, you know, glitzy, glamoury ring that I wear. And I can remember the moment that somebody spotted that sparkly ring on a, like a video conversation that was going on. And the tantrum and absolute freak out that I'd had the ring for a couple of weeks and hadn't showed him, hadn't said, <laughs> look at what I got. And the unbelievable, like, breakdown, I can't talk, I must not be a good friend, I can't believe I didn't know this. I was so confused. I kept looking, I kept looking at Sherry like, I don't even know what we're upset about at this moment. I don't know. It, I, what exactly is wrong? And the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth of, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe you didn't share this with me. And I was like, wait a minute. Are you literally making this about you right now? Is my (laughs) wedding band, my engagement ring about you? Like, I was shocked. I couldn't even believe what it was that was going on. And as that light bulb turned on, what happened is I was able to then see how often, because I would have been, you know, bebopping along saying, no, the narcissists are the assholes that are mean to everybody. 
I was totally blinded because of the conclusion I had put in that there was no way that this was mean by any means. This was just somebody being pitiful. They weren't being mean. That I didn't see how controlling it was to play the weak one, to play at the effect of, oh, you're in love, I'm not. Oh, this is terrible. Now I'm going to go and cry in my soup. And it was so confusing to me until I stopped saying, wait a minute, what am I aware of? This is all about you. Oh, shit, this is literally all about you. Oh, now this event's all about you. Now my wedding's all about you. Now this is about you. Now this, oh, shit, I'm at choice here. Got it. And it took a while for me to recognize it when narcissism didn't match what I had experienced in other dynamics with the label and conclusion attached. I had to get out of my own conclusion about it in order to recognize how any dynamic, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're sitting around with a group of moms at a baby shower and there is one person that has an answer for fucking everything and everybody and they know everything, whether they've had the experience or not, they just have the knowledge. We, we overlook these dynamics when we go, oh, Y'all, I forgot this is all about you. Hello, there you are, narcissist. Okay. If we are not open to this, if we're not aware that it is a choice of behavior and how people engage, then we can very easily, very, very blindly turn down our awareness, be in denial, and be the subject of their focus, their self-focus. I love this. All these things are popping. Like, um, if if you have all the answers and you never ask a question, you might be a narcissist. <laughs> you know, because that yep. that's the other thing. Like, you know, I was like, oh yeah, that's my dad. He's always got the answer to everything. He's always he's the one who knows, and and everybody else is just you know full of shit with your their opinions. But but something that you said when you were talking is um, the controlling piece. Yeah. And I really get when I look at how these people, the, these people, myself, right, the the, the recovering narcissist, the, the thing that I see goes hand in hand with someone functioning as a narcissist is their absolute unwavering need to control. And it comes yeah. from a place of total terror. Yep. That it comes from a place of absolute terror they have no trust in themselves like zero zero and so they've got to control the world around them it like at all cost at all cost and this is the thing that's interesting yep. you know when i when i even though i see that all the separation that my the way my father is functioning creates and and you know i've also dated narcissistic men because of course if you have a narcissistic father and then date narcissistic men that just makes sense um <laughs> another day and anyway um that that need to just control everything right it's got it's got my world cannot be uncertain period my world cannot be uncertain i must be in control of everything nothing can blindside nothing could ever happen to blindside me i can't ever have a surprise i have got to be fully in control step by step of everything that's going to happen Nothing can ever happen to me that is not out of under in my control, you know, and um, and that's when I said a little while, or a little earlier in the show. This is why it's not compatible with intimacy, 
because intimacy is not is is about not controlling anything and so this this you know this whole thing about control it's also about where you're controlling you this is this is the conversation can be implied it's the narcissist in you, right? Like, where are you controlling you? Where are you creating separation from okay. you? Where are you not showing up in your... Where are you not allowing um, authenticity to be present in your life? Uh, being that uh, uh, self-directed... Like, it, right. if, you, if you don't have an internal compass, if you don't... If you have not claimed your sovereignty in your life... If you have, uh, if you're not clear about what works for you, if you're not clear about your preferences, if you're not, if you're not clear, if you haven't created that intimacy with you, then you just mm-hmm. are at the effect of the world around you, whether whether people are narcissists or not. It doesn't make any difference. Right. You can be your best friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna poor my poor family members if they ever listen to this. Um, but my mother, she's she's. I'm gonna tell a story about my mom. Hi, mom. Um, she cannot. Well, it's good to be on the radio. This, this woman is more, more. She's so influenced by other people. It's astounding. She does not know. Like I think most people have some sense of like their style of clothing or the things that they like. You know, you kind of get a sense of your preferences. Not everybody. I see this, but um, I do have a strong sense of what I like and you know my style or whatever. And like you were just saying, you're a sparkly girl. Um, but my mom, not so much. So when she goes shopping, if somebody's like, oh, my God, I love this top. It's so cute. Like, she will buy similar, same outfits to people that she goes shopping with, and then she comes home, and she never wears them because she doesn't like it, really. But it's, but like, she's so easily influenced. She has no internal compass, and I literally mean no, none. There's very mm-hmm. few things that she would ever um, – speak up about and of course she's married to my dad so no surprise there but um right. it's it's fascinating when you don't when you have not claimed that sovereign position in your life then you've not claimed your potency you've not claimed i mean there's all kinds of things you're not claiming and then you literally just open yourself up because someone else is going to come along i mean a narcissist needs to control and they're and you you're like oh well i'm really easy to control because i don't really have my own compass I'm really, it's really easy for me to, it's like two puzzle pieces coming together. One person's like, oh, I feel more comfortable if I am controlled. And the other one's like, well, that's what I love to do is control. So they come together and goes, click. And that's my parents' relationship. Really. Right. It's perfect for them. It works. It does work for them. And that's great. But if somebody's in that and they're miserable and it's not working for them, it's that intimacy with themselves to empower themselves to make a different choice. Um, man, I have been hysterically laughing over the story about your mom because I have a friend who her mother is a narcissist. She married a narcissist and she has a child that's a narcissist. And I just Mm -hmm. can't imagine why everything is so wrong and why I suck so bad is what she used to be like is gosh, now they're driving me crazy. Now my, you know, my mom's driving me crazy and now my husband's driving me crazy and now my child's driving me crazy. And what the hell am I going to do? And I, I'm so insecure and I'm so anxious and I don't feel like I can do anything right. And I'm looking at her like, you think, (laughs) you you think, and it's so interesting to witness somebody who when I originally met her literally 
would say, what are you wearing? Because she needed to know so she would know what to wear. Mm-hmm. And yet you would, from the outside, you would think, I mean, this lady's got some pizzazz, man. She's got style. She's got swagger until somebody judges it or until she's in that dynamic where she slips into this child that was programmed to please her mother, right? So I've watched mm-hmm. this over the years. And it lately, very recently, she has come into her own. She has engaged with herself. She's got her aliveness going on. She is kicking the swag, man. So the other day, we are together, and we are about to go to eat, and we have an option. We know we're going to a store, and we know we're going to eat. And I said, and I think Sherry said, Where, what is our plan? And before I could even speak, this woman who did not express herself said, well, I'm hungry. I want to go get food first. And my jaw dropped. And I'm like, oh. Well, all right then. And <laughs> because the, to have that self-awareness to even say, well, I'm going to speak up and I'm not going to be at the effect of what you and Sherry want was so, it was such a shocking step into her power. And then it comes out that she has like made a big announcement to her husband that she had tortured herself over his freak out to come for years she had been keeping this information oh yeah i told him it's not a big deal she like it was like the switch was thrown she was out of her cage of being the victim to all this shit and she's mm-hmm. like walking through life like you don't like it you can fuck off it's fine whatever mm-hmm. i don't care mm-hmm. i'm gonna be over here living my damn life and yeah. to be witness to that i gotta tell you it's sexy it is inviting. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to connect with her because I'm not connecting with her so we can discuss all of the narcissists in her life. We're connecting because she has an actual uh, a brain, a thought process. She has her own opinion. She has her own style. She has her own likes and dislikes. And there's actually conversations to be had now. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's coming alive. That's to me. That's shifting from the automatonic uh, to discovering my own internal compass, to, to, to cultivating some degree of intimacy with myself, and then living from that place. You, you're immune right. to the bullshit around you. You literally develop an immune system that's like, you know what? All of this horseshit that's going on around me is not relevant to me. I'm having a good old time being me. That's coming alive. Yep. That's cultivate your, cultivating your aliveness when you do not allow. Um, anything to to permeate that, to penetrate that. I love that. Aliveness, immunity to the bullshit around you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I write that down. Uh Uh-huh, that needs to be a meme, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and, and that to me is why we're even talking about this. I will never forget having a conversation with somebody who I was like, I don't understand. We're just having a difference of opinion. I don't know what the upset is. I, I really don't know what so. And this person in this state of panic for fight, like I must, there has to be a fight here. You have to change so that I can be right. You have to adhere to what it is I'm demanding here and being like, um, I can't buy this. I, it, no. It it doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm just not going to engage. And the moment that I said, what is it that you actually need? What What is it that you require of me? And the moment that what what came out of her mouth was, 
I need you to be the villain. Mm. And it was like, oh, well, you know what? I seem to be that no matter whether I'm engaged or not. So bye-bye. And that was it. That was literally that, that completion of everywhere that I have ever thought that I had to be in this dynamic, I no longer buy it. I get to leave. What if we gave ourselves that permission every day? I could have been out of that a long time ago, but I didn't recognize I was in it, which is why we're talking about this. Yeah, there's there's another there's another form that I want to that I want to bring to uh, bring to light here is, um, you know, I've talked before about my Eeyore suit, right? That I that I was the walking talking mm-hmm. Eeyore and um, living at the effect of everything, and like i that whole thing i need you to be the villain it's interesting so if if my father is my villain in my in my life then i take it's like it's like that's a role he's playing so i play the complementary role which is his victim and yep. it's amazing how people will fall into this role play this game it's really a game um okay you're the you're the perpetrator i'm the victim i'll play the role and then mm-hmm. I'm actually functioning in that way when I go out into the world. Now, I don't live at home anymore. I don't. I have moved out of my parents' house when I was 17 years old, and yet I'm still looking for people to play that role for me because this is the role I know. I know to play the role of victim. This is my Eeyore suit. And so I go around, yes. and I actually seek people out to play the role of the controller in my life. I seek people out to play the control of... The, the role that my father played, criticism, can't do anything right, don't let me, you know, all their points of view are right, mine are wrong, you know, all of that stuff. And I just sought out people um, to play that role for me. And then I would just, it would just send me deeper into despair. I just used that as gathering evidence for the wrongness of me. And then my Eeyore suit just got thicker and thicker and thicker. And, you know, more woe is me and nobody likes me and I'm going to go eat worms and all of that stuff. Except that this is I was I was becoming more and more and more deeply self consumed. You know, people call it right. depression. And where I'm just sitting there thinking constantly, mind not stopping about my shitty life, how people treat me shitty, how nobody cares about me, how you know, like on and on and on and on and and, and the the self I mean just to the point where I'd be curled up in fetal position sometimes, just so consumed about my mm-hmm. life being so shitty in every possible way. Now, right. you think that's not a narcissist? Oh, fuck yeah, it is. Right. Just a different version. Oh, it and is. It's a, it's a role play that I lived for a very long time, and it was just as narcissistic wow. as the other one on the other side who's playing perpetrator as their role. Right. Absolutely. That's and I'm so glad you brought that obsessive. up. Yeah. 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 I flip well, up, and, right? and honestly, I saw it in grief. Mm. I saw it in grief. I could have absolutely been the narcissist in grief. What are you talking about? You're sad. Oh, yeah, look at my sadness. And let me tell you something. The narcissism of grief over my daughter's death and because not only was it Kelsey, but it was also Garrett, which is her beloved, you know, the love of her life. But then there's also Sage, which is, you know, the child that they were expecting that never went on beyond an hour and 55 minutes. And then it was everybody that was attached. And what I noticed was 
every single time that I would post something on social media, it would come in and this is my grief. And I remember watching it and I had conversations with people like, how do you not want to just like kill people and tell them to fuck off that to stop comparing your grief to their grief and my grief is bigger and oh my gosh, woe is me and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, that's just game they're playing. I couldn't not, I could not make their game mine. I couldn't do it. I couldn't force myself. There was no way I could do it. But let me tell you, there's a lot of people who are really good at it. (laughs) Anytime that we think the experience we are having is bigger, more important, more valid, more intense than somebody else's, we are playing the role in that moment of the narcissist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it takes some hooks, but to speak up in those places. I had, there was a witness to the accident and it was really horrific and I am thankful I don't have those memories in my mind. But there, there was a certain witness that every single time I would post, say, a birthday, I would post past pictures, memories, and things like that of Kelsey. This witness would come onto my page and say, oh, this is so much better than how I remember them. And oh, I can remember <laughs> being so, I know, right? Being so fucking shocked of the audacity that it and literally thinking, how in the hell can you go on and make sure everybody knows you saw the accident for years to follow? And it took me going on and sending her a private message, sending her family members a private message, and then publicly on my wall saying, Let me be very, very clear. These kids' death was fucking intense. I get that. I am sorry for all the, you know, the trauma that it implanted in everybody and everything is doing. I am sorry about that. But my daughter has 21 years of life compared to the moments of their death. And I am going to focus on her life. And if you don't like it, stay off my wall. And I had to be that clear because it kept getting, it kept getting the, you know, I was calling in the narcissist of, oh no, you have to know my pain. It's worse than yours. Yeah. Wow. Like, got it. I have to know. So, you so have to know my pain is worse than yours. Mm. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that's that's what back back in my Eeyore days, uh, when I was so self-consumed, what were my conversations about? That's what they were about. You know, you'd sit around with your friends yeah. and you talk about how sucky your life is. And and it really was like, no, mine's more sucky than yours, and let me tell you why. No, 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 really, mine's more sucky than yours, and let me tell you why. And uh, right. like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a competition about who has a suckier life. <laughs> yes. Huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah, been there, yeah. done that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that really for all of us, anywhere that we fall into proving the importance or the the intensity or the moreness of anything of our life, anything, that is that's the behavior of narcissism, and that's a choice. That is a choice. Like. You know, you can go look at the wildflowers and somebody say, oh, no, we went over this path and it had better wildflowers. And it's like, seriously? Okay. (laughs) All right. You know, 
okay, yours was better. Really? You know? And so when I would say, if you're being an accidental narcissist, look at the times that you want to prove that yours is more intense, better, stronger, whatever, you know, well, and then here, just look at it. <laughs> and then there's this, um, there's this other really great way that you continue to perpetuate separation is to always be in this position of like, well, you just don't understand my pain. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just more yeah. than ever you could ever. It's just, it, it's inconceivable to you. You could just never understand my pain. That's <laughs> yeah. another way yeah. of, cause, cause this thing, you know, like the byproduct of narcissism is separation. Let's just be clear. And yep. it's not cultivating in, in, intimacy. It's the opposite. It's, it's these two things cannot uh, be, they are mutually exclusive. So, it was in recognizing these roles that I was playing where I would just flip-flop from like, okay, I'm going to be total victim. Now I'm going to go be perpetrator. Now I'm going to go victim. Now I'm going to be perpetrator. Now I'm going to go be victim. Now I'm going to be perpetrator, right? Because yeah. that's kind of what you do until you realize you're on, the, you're, on the, you're on the ride. You're playing the game, and then you're like, okay, stop this fucking merry-go-round. I want to get off. I don't want to play any more of these roles anymore. I don't want to fight for the right to tell everybody that my pain is worse than they could ever imagine. I don't want to create separation with the way that I massively criticize and judge other people and expect them to adhere to my points of view. I don't want to do any of this anymore. This sucks. Right. It will never right. get me where I want to go and create what I want to create in my life. Nope. Yeah, never. Never. So uh, what I just want to say is, you know, to anybody that's listening, like, what the fuck? Please understand. You can choose to go process the shit out of this. You can go clear it. You can process it. You can pray. You can beg forgiveness. Or you can just fucking choose. It's up to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, it can be as dramatic as you need. Or you can make a choice. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. It it is funny though, who people like that's that's really interesting that um, that it doesn't have to be dramatic. Um, That doesn't mean that you're not going to feel. It doesn't have to be dramatic. There's a difference. Um, I would find that the drama is in the refusal to have the experience. Whereas you can experience something and be in a space of receiving that experience entirely, and it still may be unpleasant or uncomfortable, but I'm not refusing it. I'm actually allowing it, and there's no drama in that, none at all. I'd say that's probably the difference is are you in allowance of this experience? Are you fully receiving it? and allowing yourself to move through it with ease, or are you in total refusal of it? Like, this is bad. I don't want this to happen. I don't want to feel any of this. And so you're fighting that, and that's where all the drama comes from. Yes, exactly. Hmm. I, I wonder yeah. <laughs> if that's tomorrow's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Control I... or vulnerability. Hmm. <laughs> Which contributes to, to our aliveness more. Which contributes to our aliveness more? Control, controlling the fuck out of everything and everyone, including ourselves, or vulnerability? Oh, I love when the show show up at the end of the show <laughs> so we know what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 
Well, thanks for another uh, lively conversation, Tamara. And to mm. those listening, we we know we're ir- irreverent. We are fully aware yes. of that. And if you would like, like to share your thoughts about the show, go ahead and send us messages on Facebook. We love that about ourselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow we will be back and talking about control or vulnerability and the choice of that. How's that for yeah. tomorrow? <laughs> I'm excited. Absolutely. Which one feeds our aliveness? We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Thanks, you guys. This is Jen and Tamara signing off, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.